Welcome to the next episode of the Austin Bar Association's Council of Firsts. I'm your host, Amanda Arriaga, Austin Bar President. This podcast is made possible by the Texas Bar Foundation. In today's episode, we talk to Selena Alvarenga, judge of the 460th District Court. Judge Alvarenga truly has a fascinating background. She came to the United States when she was 13 when she and her father fled the Civil War in El Salvador. She arrived in the United States speaking only Spanish, and when they settled in Alaska, she was one of only three Latin American immigrants in her class. She graduated from Our Lady of the Lake University with a bachelor's in business administration and St. Mary's Law School. While in law school, she became a U.S. citizen. She spent her career as a criminal defense attorney in many cases representing indigent clients in order to ensure that every person was treated fairly no matter their circumstances. She's the former presiding director of the Austin Criminal Defense Lawyers Association and has served on the board of the Austin Bar LGBTQ Association. She has been an appointee to the Austin Public Safety Commission and active in Habitat for Humanity. Judge Alvarenga can be described in a variety of ways, openly gay, Latina, and an immigrant. While those are interesting descriptors, I think her true legacy will be that she is hardworking, persistent, and a true leader in her field. I am honored to have with me today, Judge Alvarenga. Thank you for being with me today. Thank you so much, Amanda. It's uh, a pleasure to be here today. I think your background is one of the most interesting that I've seen. And so I typically start with, why did you want to be a lawyer? But I want to know first, how did you get from Alaska to San Antonio? <laughs> well, that can be a very long story, but I will try to... We have time. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yes, I came to the U.S. from El Salvador when I was 13. Um, initially came in with a visa. Uh, eventually that visa expired. So my father and I were undocumented for quite some time. And that's how eventually we made it to Alaska. It was um, a place that was uh, remote uh, to where maybe immigration couldn't find us. Um Eventually, uh, we did have the opportunity to become residents, but that meant that we had to leave the country. Uh, back then, um, we couldn't go back to El Salvador, so that meant we had to find another uh, country that we could go to. Uh, and uh, eventually, we then ended up in Spain. I spent a year in Madrid and traveling through Europe, which uh, was quite interesting. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, even though the circumstances uh, that we were going through were not the best, uh, it was nevertheless a great experience, you know, for me to be able to travel um, to to a different continent. Um, eventually, we received the, uh, the green card, came back to the U.S. I went to Miami, where I started going to community college. Um, I was working, uh, going to school part-time. Um, my father at that time decided that he was going to move to Texas. He found a job in Texas. He moved to Laredo. So after being in Miami for probably about a year, you know, I was um, um, not moving as quickly as my dad would have liked it as far as my schooling was uh, concerned. Uh, so he very gently... Um, asked me to move to Texas. <laughs> and uh, so I did. Uh, so back in 1989, I moved to Laredo. Was in Laredo for probably another nine months or so. Again, went to community college over there. 
And um, that's when I moved to San Antonio. Um, I, not that I didn't like Laredo. I mean, I, it, was, it was a nice place back then. You know, I could go back and forth, you know, go, go to Mexico and uh, have fun down there. Uh, but I wanted to be somewhere, you know, in, in a bigger city. Uh, so San Antonio was the place, and uh, I found Our Lady of the Lake. Uh, that happened to be the place where I felt at home, finally. And um, got my BA from Our Lady of the Lake, and I eventually went to St. Mary's University uh, School of Law. And here we are. I happen to know Our Lady of the Lake is a great school. That is where my mother went, and she also oh. has a business degree from there. Well, there you go. Maybe we know each other. You might know each other. Your paths might have crossed. <laughs> yes. Um, and so while you were in business school, sounds like you decided to go to law school, which is a path I took as well. Um, what about being at Our Lady of the Lake and studying business made you want to be a lawyer? Well, you know, ever since I can remember, I wanted to do something where I would help other individuals, where I would be of service somehow. I didn't quite know how that was going to, to be. I didn't know what that looked like. Um, but when I went to the lake, I started becoming involved in various organizations, you know, uh, that uh, work with um, uh, towards social justice. And uh, that was when I decided, you know, you know, there has to be something more. There has to be something else that I can do besides going into business uh, or, you know, working in the in the business world. Um, and that's when I started thinking law school. That is uh, that that is going to be my path. Um, and it wasn't until probably my junior year in, uh, in, in um, college that I decided that I was going to take that path. Uh, took the LSAT, started applying to different places, and eventually I got admitted to uh, St. Mary's School of Law. And did you always know that you wanted to specialize in criminal defense? Not really. At the moment, uh, when when I was at St. Mary's School of Law, I did the immigration clinic. Uh, obviously, that was, you know, there, I didn't have to think twice about doing that. So really, when I got my bar card, uh, immediately I hung up my shingle. I started working on my own. Um, and I started doing really anything that would come through the door, but uh, I started doing a little bit more of immigration. And uh, then a friend of mine at the time um, asked me, why don't you go on and start doing court-appointed cases uh, in the criminal court? I'm like, mm, you know, I don't know that I want to do criminal uh, criminal defense. Uh, but I did. I, I, I went and gave it a shot. And uh, immediately I fell in, lo in love with uh, criminal law and uh, started practicing criminal defense, um, mainly indigent defense. And uh, I, that was probably one of the most rewarding things that I have done in my career. Um, so much so that I spent 20 plus years doing that, uh, you know, handling all types of cases and um, mainly working with, uh, you know, the immigrant community. So in a way, you know, that was uh, it, the, the immigration uh, and, the, and the criminal law um, became intertwined. And I was, uh, in a way, uh, able to, to do both. Um, uh, and uh, I, I did it for two decades. Uh, 
it's my impression that people that do criminal defense take it very personally. Mm. <laughs> so it must lead to stress. Mm. Um, all of the cases that you've had, the ones that went well for you, the ones that didn't go so well for your client. How do you manage that stress of the 20 years of cases you've worked on? Yeah, that is um, that is a challenge. Uh, let's put it that way. And um, I mean, the stress continues to be there uh, now. Uh, it hasn't gone away. Um, and how I deal with it, really, it, it changes from day to day. <laughs> it just depends. Um, you know, I think as lawyers, you know, we know that the law in general, you know, it's very consuming. Um, and uh, it can literally take over your life if you let it. Uh, so it's really important that we do something to take care of ourselves, to take care of our emotional well-being, uh, our physical well-being, uh, you know, and take that time away from uh, the books and thinking about our cases, right? Because I know, you know, we all have had that experience where we wake up in the middle of the night thinking about a case, thinking about a client, thinking about, you know, something that's going on. And um, it can definitely take its toll. Um, how, I, how I deal with it, mm, I, you know, I, I try to find times just to myself. Um, you know, I, I am definitely an introvert, so I need that time to be by myself and just, uh, you know, just, just take care of myself. And, um, you know, it can be by doing something, um, some, some uh, physical activity, you know, going out for a long walk, uh, doing some yoga. Um, sometimes I try to, and I emphasize try uh, to meditate, you know, even if it just means sitting there, you know, and just trying to to let my thoughts just go by, you know, and, um, uh, you know, and even if it's five minutes. Uh, but I think that helps. Um, and then most definitely for me, music, that's my outlet. Uh, you know, whether it be listening to music, whether it be, you know, listen to the radio or going to a concert. Uh, playing, you know, that's that's my definite outlet. And I know you sing in the church choir. I do, I do. I've been uh, I've been with the Spanish choir at uh, St. Mary's Cathedral. Uh, so yeah, I have been there for quite some time now. Well, I'll but. have to recruit you the next time that we do bar and grill because oh, I read yeah. that you're an alto. I do, and yeah. I always feel like. Altos need more love. We don't get the exciting melodies sometimes. Yes. So yes. are you an alto? You yes, think? I am. All right. Well. Yes, I am, apparently. <laughs> and that's how I know that we don't always get the cool parts. Yes, yes. So join Bar and Grill and I'll pick cool songs for us. There we go. Definitely would love that. <laughs> so, Judge, in 2021, you made history when you became the first openly gay Latina immigrant to be elected as judge. There are some narrow-minded people who might think that any of those words— would be a barrier to becoming elected, but it wasn't true for you. So how is it that we were able to have all of these descriptors and have you still be elected as judge? Well, you know, I still, um, it, it, it's very surreal to me still that 
I was elected uh, back in 2020. Um, prior to that, I was not involved in politics. I, you know, I was involved in other things. You know, I was involved in, um, um, again, going back, you know, to groups that engaged in social uh, justice and criminal justice reform and all that, but not necessarily politics. So in uh, when I decided to run, uh, for some people, I came out of nowhere, uh, which I did. <laughs> um, and uh, I remember the first time that I went and spoke at one of the local uh, Democratic clubs. And I said, I am an openly gay Latina immigrant, and I am running for judge. And I didn't know how people were going to take it. I didn't know what to expect. Um, and no one said anything, um, good or bad. You know, it was just a, a non-issue, it seemed. Um, and thankfully, throughout the campaign, I never ran into any problems with anyone uh, saying you shouldn't run because you're gay or because you're an immigrant. Um, so I think that uh, here in Travis County, we're pretty fortunate, you know, that people are very open to diversity. And um, it is true that we made history because up to that, you know, up to that point, uh, yes, we did have Latinas on the bench, but we didn't have anyone that had been actually born in a different country. Uh, we didn't have any uh, openly gay uh, judges on the bench. Um, so that was a, that was a big step, um, you know. And uh, it just showed that our community was ready for something, for a new perspective, uh, for something different. Um, that our community was ready for someone that could see things in a different way. Um, you know, so. And I don't know that you would be willing to take credit, but since that time, we now have another immigrant that has been elected to a, to be a judge and another openly gay female that has been elected to be judge. So I don't know if you are willing to take credit for opening the doors for those two people, but Maybe you should. Well, um, <laughs> I I don't know that I would take credit for it, but I do hope that my campaign inspire others to to say yes. This is something that we can do. Um, you know, I think uh, at the end of the day, you know, if if other people can look at what I'm doing and say, you know, hey, you know, I look like her, I have similar backgrounds to her, you know, and uh, I can be in that place. You know, I think that's amazing. Uh, but no, I don't, I, I, I don't think I would take credit for it. You know, it's just, um, it's just something that I happen to be in the right place at the right time, I think. Well, I also think it's interesting that since you don't have a political background, um, that it's also sort of an inspiration to say, you know, I've been doing this work for 20 years, been doing great work representing, um, doing criminal defense, and I want to be judge. And I think that I am able to run for judge, even if I haven't 
talked to the people and gotten the right feedback and the endorsements. I think that's also a great message, too. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, it was great getting all the um, grassroots supports, you know, I mean, that 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 was amazing, you know, having having that backing. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was daunting. I mean, going in there, not knowing what the political landscape looked like and uh, not knowing um, all the people that you were supposed to go and, and uh, uh, meet with and uh, make friends with uh, in one way or another. Um you know, but I went in there knowing that I had the experience for the position that I was seeking. Um, you know, I had been a trial attorney for over two decades. Uh, so I knew what I was doing. Um, the politics aside, you know, that that, that was just uh, something that I had to deal with, uh, that I had to learn to deal with. And uh, up to this day, truly, I am still learning <laughs> to deal with. Well, and it must be equally daunting being an introvert, mm -hmm. but from your background, it sounds like you've had to start again a couple of times to go from El Salvador to Alaska to meet new people, to Spain to meet new people, to Miami and to San Antonio. Mm. So you might be a little bit more extroverted than you think, but I understand recharging as an introvert. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I've been told that I might be somewhat of an extrovert. I don't, I don't feel it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it definitely, uh, I have been put in situations that definitely put me out of my comfort zone, uh, many, many times. Um, you know, but I, I feel that if I am doing it for the right reason, then it's okay. Of course. <laughs> so I have noticed an interesting phenomenon. You are the fourth person I've talked to where English was your second language. Mm -hmm. Um, you were primarily a Spanish speaker while you were in school. Do you think that Having that background of being a primary Spanish speaker while you were going to school, that that contributed to your work ethic? I would say yes. Um, definitely made me have to work harder um, to, to get to where I'm at. Um, when I came to the U.S. at 13, I did not speak any English. I... Uh, I remember going to school in L.A., um, well, Long Beach, actually, and uh, I was going through ESL, but because there was a large Latino community, you know, a large Mexican community, uh, really English was not a priority. You know, it was not something that I felt that I needed to, uh, to learn, and uh, it wasn't until I got to Alaska um, where... I was one of three Latinos up there, and uh, I had no choice. <laughs> you know, it was either learn English or flunk out of high school, uh, which certainly was not an option. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it definitely made me work hard um, um, throughout my entire career. You know, I mean, um, going to college, um, you know, it was a— um, different vocabulary that you had to learn. Same thing going to, to law school, right? I mean, it's not only uh, learning the legal uh, words, which are challenging on their own, you know, but just a completely different uh, language almost. Uh, so, yeah, it has always been a challenge, but, uh, yeah, it has always made me work harder. Um, Do you think it's been a benefit to you, particularly since you represent some of the immigrant population to be bilingual 
both oh. as a lawyer and now as a judge? Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. I mean, um, when I was um, uh, a criminal defense attorney, majority of my clients were Spanish speakers. And um, yes, I mean, it helps to have someone that you can communicate with that you know that uh, they will understand you. And now even being on the bench, you know, I um, the prosecutors in my court, they don't all speak in, uh, uh, Spanish. Um, I think maybe one speaks a little bit of Spanish. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, I do speak to, to the defendants in, in Spanish. You know, when it's something that um, doesn't necessarily have to be on the record, obviously. But, you know, if, if it's just something that I'm trying to find out what's going on, you know, why are you violating your bond conditions? You know, what what's going on at home? What's going, you know? And I communicate with them in, in Spanish. And uh, I think that makes a difference when I can do that. You know, and they can see that, oh, yeah, the judge gets me. You know, they uh, she knows where I'm coming from. When I would think, especially if the lawyer doesn't speak Spanish, to even understand what's happening, for you to be able to explain to the defendant, this is what I have decided, this is what's going to happen to you, um, that must be really helpful for that person. Yes. Yes, because, I mean, uh, especially when you're dealing with um, felony offenses, I mean, these individuals are looking at long uh, possible sentences, right? And I mean, if they don't know everything that's going on, if they don't have someone that can communicate with them in a way that they can understand, um, I mean, not only are they dealing with the nightmare of having to go through the criminal justice system, but then also not even understanding what's happening. You know, so so yeah. I mean, I definitely having uh, being bilingual and being able to communicate that way certainly helps. Judge, what are some organizations that mean the most to you, either professionally or personally? So right now, professionally, and I think personally as well, uh, the Travis County Sovereign Center. I am currently on the board, have been on the board for going on my third year. And, um, you know, the work that they do in diverting individuals from jail and giving them resources so that they can... Uh, work on um, dependency issues, you know, with whether it be alcohol or drugs, you know, it's so amazing. I mean, they have held so many individuals uh, in the since their inception um, that, you know, it's just great. Um, we regularly get emails from from the um, um, from the staff uh, sharing with us what people that have gone through, that have received their services, say about how it has changed their lives, you know, and um, how they have gone from not knowing how to deal with their dependency to now having, you know, a completely new life and trying to to do better of themselves. So um, definitely that would be one of, one of my top um, uh, organizations. Um, in the past, I have worked with uh, other organizations like Habitat for Humanity. That's a big one. Um, you know, I think it's so important for individuals, for families to to be able to have access to housing. And uh, Habitat does a great job, you know, in, that, in helping individuals uh, reach that goal of having their own home. Um, and, and um, you know, being able to actually go on and physically work on building your home. Um, 
you know, I, I have done a couple of builds and it's just probably one of the most amazing things uh, to be able to do. Judge, since you've done so much about your career, where would you recommend that people look if they want to get involved in the community? Well, I would say the first thing, find something that you're passionate about. Uh, find something that you care uh, about. And um, once you make that decision, I mean, there's so many uh, opportunities out there in our community. Uh, if you are looking to get involved more in the governmental area, uh, the city of Austin has a large number of commissions um, that deal with many different areas, um, ranging from public safety. Uh, I served in the Public Safety Commission prior to becoming a judge, and that was a, an amazing experience. Um, you know, just because I got to see how our um, how how our city government um, deals with um, um, our safety in general. You know, what's being done to ensure that our community is safe uh, right now. And, um, you know, but there are many other commissions um, through the city of Austin. Outside of that, um, you know, there are so many nonprofit organizations, whether it be animal uh, welfare. I mean, I, 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 I love animals, you know, so that's top priority for me. Um whether it be helping the environment, uh, you know, um, there there's so many things that you can find if you just look online, look on Facebook, you know. Do you think that getting um, this inside baseball look with your work on the Public Safety Commission helps you as a judge? I think so. I mean, sometimes I can I can better understand why things happen the way that they happen, why things don't happen the way that they should happen. Uh, so, yeah, I think it it, it uh, gives me a little bit of uh, background that I can use uh, when looking at, uh, at the cases that I look at now. Well, I think your background in general appears to me like it makes you the perfect judge, especially for criminal. You've had this experience where you were almost a fugitive, when you went to Alaska, hoping they wouldn't find you, um, to representing folks as an immigration clinic, um, to being a criminal defense attorney. So I appreciate all of your background and your public service as a judge. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you, Amanda, for that. And thank you for being with us here today. Of course. Of course. It's been my pleasure. And thank all of you, and we will see you next time. Thanks. Thanks.